Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Slew. A large number. Now, I, um, I took that very literally. I don't know about you. Uh, tell me about how you can get literally from one of the shortest definitions uh, we've gotten so far. So, uh, I was going to read it, but I was going to say it. But it doesn't say a large number of something. It just says a large number. So, Interesting. So I got rid of the of and went with a game that was simply about multiplying points and point multipliers. And I went as abstract as ever and just made it essentially math competitive math the game um hmm. and i came up with some names one was math math extraction and another was complication because it's all about multiplication but the way i thought was uh a line of cards comes out let's say the deck is in the middle it's all cards and numbers and the goal is just to get the most points cards and numbers and maybe some other things but cards come out you deal out five cards and that's what we're working with this turn Let's say it's one, three, five, seven, nine, whatever. I just went with a, a run of numbers. But what you do is you get mm-hmm. you have number cards in your hand, cards with numbers on them, and you have uh, options on your turn. First thing you're going to do is bid for turn order, where a high number is going to be a better bid than a low number, but a higher number is better in the second phase when you're going to actually use them. So there's a little bit of a, you know, do I do I go sooner and get rid of my high card or do I hold on to it? But the whole point of mm-hmm. it is you're going to play cards to this line uh, in between the other cards. So some of the cards are numbers. So if I put a one in front of the one, now we've got one, one, three, five, seven, nine. But I might play a, a parentheses, which is going to split them into multiple groups. And now here's where we're going to start mm-hmm. figuring things out. Um Another thing I can do is play a multiplication symbol, which is going to multiply within that group. But what I thought everybody could do is, as you're playing your cards down, you're going to put your tokens, which I had a name for them. They were tokens of magnitude. And (laughs) basically, uh, whoever either had the most on that number is going to get the points for that number, or whoever has the uh, top one on that number is going to claim it. So I thought there could be something cool in that. And the idea is, you're going to play all your things, you're going to bid for turn order, Buy upgrades, which would be uh, cashing in like a one and a five for a six or something along those lines. Uh, Or you could play a number as is to the row. And then when the turn is all done, things are going to go from left to right and we're going to multiply and see what what kind of points we're dealing with. The Hmm. idea is that uh, you might have a couple uh, multiplication symbols within a parentheses, but when that number comes out, the big number it's going to get split between the players with the top order of magnitudes, starting with uh, the high, uh, you know, whoever has the most. And I forget how I was going to have them split. I had a couple ideas, like if you're on the multiplication symbol, you get the total number. If you're not on that, you get the sum of numbers and and stupid things like that. And it was dealing in really high numbers that does not work in the board game space. You know, you need an an app component, which is essentially called a calculator. Um, Mm -hmm. But... I said this was an exercise and not a marketable pro- marketable product, so I wanted to start with that and see what the what the essence of it was. And I think the essence of it was the the division of these sections of things in this line and how you work within the section, how you bid okay. for your turn order, and how you um, you know 
get control of it by placing your order your token of magnitude on top of each other. Hmm. Do, do you want to hear a, a note that I took for my game? <laughs> yeah, sure. No math. <laughs> None at all. Oh, I love it. I love it. No addition, no multiplication, because in, in the games that I've tried to design that I've ultimately given up on, it's the scoring that has just really, really not worked for me. So, and so something I, I should note is I, as I was thinking of this, I was trying to figure out a way that the math didn't matter in the end, but mm-hmm. like, like just knowing that a multiplication thing is a really good thing and that higher numbers are great. And if I put a, a nine in front of this one, all of a sudden it's a 91. So I was trying to think of a way that just the math didn't even matter. Uh, but it was really just like the, mm-hmm. the arrangement and, and the order where you never even had to get the sum, but you knew that this and this and this were great. But that's that's so funny that you went in that direction. Right. And which is great about these <laughs> Wednesday episodes, too. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I did for a little bit on my page uh, try and talk about a – so the de- definition that I had was, yeah, a large number. And so with a lot of numbers on cards games, um, the ones that come – to mind recently are the game and uh, the mind. They're cards with a range from one to 100. Yep. And so I wanted to make it larger. And so I was going to do a cards on uh, numbers on cards game with 200 cards <laughs> and, and, and what on earth that would even look like. And, but the problem was, is that if you play a single card, that just has a large number on it. It's not as much of an impact. I wanted more of an impact as a large number of things. Okay. And so it's not just a large number on a card. I wanted a lot of cards or a lot of something else. And so what I was I was thinking about was um, I recently came across a way that some dungeon masters write the maps on some of their boards where they dump a bucket of dice on the table and the face that shows on the die as well as the die type is the type of terrain. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, that, that, is, that is placed there. And then they draw an outline of where the, where exactly the where rolled. the die landed. That's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a more organic kind of way of creating a map. Um, and so I wanted to do that kind of with a board game where you poured a bunch of stuff on a board and those become the moving spaces or cities or villages or that kind of stuff that you can move through. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to just have literally just a bunch of stuff um, to, to dump out. And so you could either move around the board and try and shift the pieces that you're moving on or try and like, um, have you played a Via Appia? No, I haven't. So Via Appia has this mechanism that's kind of like the um, arcade games where you're trying to make a bunch of coins fall as you as yeah, you push yeah, them. Yeah. And so um, you could have this kind of shifting board that as you run across, you don't want to fall off and, and that kind of stuff. And so that was what I had with Slew. I wanted to have just like a large number of things that you don't normally see in a game. So I guess in a lot of games you see like a large number of cards with a lot of different decks and that kind of stuff. 
but um, Potion Explosion just has a bunch of marbles. And so I wanted a bunch of yeah. something that would make it really, really interesting that you, when you read the component list and you see like 80 discs, 80 <laughs> wooden discs, you're like, why are there 80 of them? That was that a, a note that a I wrote lot. as well, was like a large number of components. But I was thinking more of like just like a box filled with everything. Like it wasn't just like 80 discs. It was like 80, a variety of, of junky things. <laughs> but the, the thing that you said was interesting that I recorded last night uh, with Christopher Chung, which I think will be out after this episode. It'll likely mm-hmm. be out after this episode. But I talked about um, like like throwing cards onto a table and having like a big mess of them. And then the way that you shift them like reveals certain things underneath of other ones. And like, it's that whole thing about a dexterity game where if you um, like touch the table and bounce, like bad things could happen. And that was like kind Mm -hmm. of the whole point of the, the entire game was like, if you just do the wrong move, things could happen. But when you were saying that it was making me think of this, like splayed out instead of the dice determining it, it's like the cards, but then, like taking turns and like, like pulling and shifting and moving things and seeing what's what's underneath of it, it sort of just mm-hmm. sparked that image back into my head. I was actually trying to design a game that you'd play with just a deck of cards called Lock Picker, where you are picking up the deck, rotating it, and then placing it back onto the deck, uh, having exposed suits on a card below it. And so, as you rotate this deck, it just becomes even more and more unhinged. And when the deck finally falls over onto the table, that's when the game ends. Oh, that's really neat. That reminds so, me of uh, skyscrapers in, in a, in a in yeah, a, in a, just a slight way, just a same tone. <laughs> but um, that's neat. That's really cool. I uh, I'm constantly thinking about games like that. Like I always had this idea about just like um, uh, card castles of the game, and Rhino Hero sort of does that. But um, mm-hmm. the cards are kind of folded for you and things like that. But it, it, that all fit, hits that same like semi dexterity like nerve for me, where it's 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 dexterity, but it's also sort of not. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it is. It's it's definitely not not dexterity, <laughs> but it's not like yeah, and throwing so, a card. <laughs> so with with the a bunch of components, I did think about cards or tiles that kind of stuff, but I didn't want to have kind of that dexterity element. Yeah. I didn't want there to be the problem with dexterity and kind of real time and real space is that it deals with such finite measures and that I, I wanted to have more of a clarity of where a person was or where they could go. Um, so rather than having the farms in Carcassonne, which is sometimes very hard to see, I wanted it to be more like roads in Carcassonne where, it, it comes up organically, but it's still easy to read and easy to kind of process. See, that makes so, me want to play a Carcassonne variant where I build the map in advance. We all take turns building a map, and then we drop our meeples onto it. And if they're farmers, they're farmers. <laughs> if they're standing farmers, they're better off. Or no, I guess farmers are better off laying. Uh, mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, I would totally play that. <laughs> Actually, it does sound pretty fun. <laughs> it's like the BGG variant that's going up tonight. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I guess that's a that's a slew. It's a slew of ideas too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I went with a large number. You went with a large number of, and mm-hmm. uh, I think we hit all the all the all the points. Yeah. All right. Cool. So it was good talking to you. We'll we'll chat again next week. Bye.
Yeah, talk to you later. See ya.